Tonight we are with our friend Greg Newmeyer as we discuss the life of the mind. You're listening to the Dudes and Dads Podcast, a show dedicated to helping men be better dudes and dads by building community through meaningful conversation and storytelling. And now, here are your hosts, Joel DeMont and Andy Lehman. Joel, welcome back to another Hi. another episode of the podcast. Hi, Andy. Uh, just want to say uh, your green bean casserole, a gift that kept was on amazing. Giving. I knew you would love that. <laughs> you know what was hard though is like when you pulled up to my house, the green bean casserole better not have been hard. And you brought out the green bean casserole, and all your children are in the vehicle, like crying and weeping, and like Dad's giving away our green bean casserole. It seemed a little traumatic. But you know what? I'm glad that you put our friendship over the well-being of your family. Listen, I do what I can. I do what oh I can. Oh, my gosh. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> green bean casserole. You know, green bean casserole is making its... It, I've been listening here uh, following Turkey Day, and um, green bean casserole is making its... It's making a resurgence, if I dare say. Because it's, it's good. It's good. It's coming back. It's been, it's been neglected for a long time. Uh, and for those of you that really know, uh, the addition of bacon is always what improves uh, that scenario. So, because bacon makes everything better. It does. It does. Uh, speaking of bacon and things we love, our good friend Greg Neumeyer is on the show. <laughs> this wow. Did you that see that segue? Great. That was great. And Greg, here's what I appreciate about Greg. Greg is, is, a, is a lover of the meats. He, he respects the meat. Accurate. Yeah. He does... Uh, let me see. You do. You smoke the meats, yeah. You do uh, some smoking, absolutely. Are, uh, and it's like it, any kind of meat, yes. Yeah? So like, are you or do you? I don't touch fish. Don't touch. I don't mm. touch fish. <laughs> any anything else, we'll put it in there. Anything else, we'll put it in there. Uh, so, our fr- Greg, welcome by the way to the show. Good yeah, to have you. I'm Good to have you on here. here. Yeah. So, Greg, uh, Greg, he wears several hats. Actually, uh, Greg and I. Let's let's just we're gonna go a little back. A little ways. Sure, let's go back. Let's go back. Let's uh, take a a journey back. Greg and I, uh, first, we intersected at what is now the Bethel University, parentheses, Indiana. Uh, It's in all the literature. I have to do that. It's it's a legal requirement. Um, (laughs) Not to confuse it with our our friends to the north and up in the uh, Minneapolis area. Uh, So Greg and I, uh, Greg was a couple of years, uh, two, three, well, a few years behind me, uh, but because I'm a slacker, we were taking classes at the same time. So that's, you know, whatever, if that says anything about my academic career, Uh, did some studying together and then uh, went our separate ways. Greg, Greg has uh, successfully graduated several times, uh, various degrees. He's a smart dude. He's pastured really all all over both the contiguous, contiguous. <laughs> yeah, you heard yeah. me say it, contiguous and non-contiguous. Man, United there's going to be some big words. In How this long were you in Hawaii? Episode. How you were in Hawaii for a little while? Yeah, we were in Hawaii for 13 months, and that was uh, that was enough. That was enough. You're like it's paradise, but there's a there's we'll ask, we'll ask you more about Hawaii. That's good. There's a there's there's another side to Hawaii that the average tourist the just does. Uh, Maybe I don't know. Um, but the other thing is that. Greg is an associate with uh, Deeper Walk International, uh, which is a, I, the way you guys have it is a heart-focused, disi- heart, it talks all about heart-focused discipleship, really a kind of a parachurch organization. Yeah. Looks to help people, leaders. Yeah, see, we, we do equipping with local churches, with individuals, with businesses, with uh, counseling organizations, therapy. I mean, just everything uh, out there, just helping people overcome obstacles in their life. And uh, the organization has put out uh, several, a, a few, a few books. One of which, leadership, and I'm blanking on the title. The leadership book, uh, rare leadership, rare leadership. Oh, just well, I think that sort of typifies the, some of the kind of work that you guys do. And what we're going to be talking about on this episode is really discussing um, our role and and in as leaders, uh, heck, as as fathers, as dudes and dads in particular. And how much our thought life, the way our, mm. our mind works, how, what we think about, focus on, all of those sort of things, uh, how that all comes into play. And, you know, I've been reminded a lot here recently um, just of how important, uh, well, we've been talking a lot about our thoughts and how we think. Yeah. So that's going to be a big part of our, our episode tonight. So that's our, that's my long intro uh, <laughs> into welcoming Greg on the show well and done. the sort of things we're going to be diving into. But first, we will be right back. 
Dudes and Dads is supported by Everance Financial, helping individuals and organizations combine their faith and finances through asset management, charitable giving, and other financial services. Meet at everance.com slash Michiana. Securities offered through Concourse Financial Group, Securities Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. We are also supported by Concrete Barber. Uh, head over and see DJ for all your hair cutting needs and products. You can go visit him over at ConcreteBarber.com and make sure you tell him that Andy and Joel sent you, uh, mostly because it just makes me feel good about myself. But uh, ConcreteBarber.com, we, thanks, we send many thanks to them for supporting this episode. Well, Greg, uh, we kind of brought you in already here, but we want to officially introduce you. Greg, welcome to our show. And first, before we get on, on to, to the more like stuff, I want to know the exciting stuff, the dad stats. Tell me who you are, how many kids you have, your wife, all that good stuff. Hey, I am really glad to be here. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of dad stuff going on in there, I guess. Uh, oh, we'll be celebrating my fourth child's uh, birthday, first birthday at the end of this month. So uh, she's the youngest. We've got an 11 month old. Uh, just beyond her then is Anastasia. So she's our two and a half year old. She's our spicy two year old. That's mm, for sure. Spicy two year old. Oh, <laughs> definitely spicy. Uh, Matthias is my uh, very sweet, tender four year old boy. And he is uh, preceded then by our daughter, Allie, who uh, came to join us about seven years ago. So okay. in February, it'll be 12 years. I remember a. Uh, uh, one of your guests here lately who mentioned that, uh, yeah, I've been married since 2010 <laughs> so, um, and we're, we're all doing well. Uh, we've been here in the, uh, Elkhart area, Goshen area for a little over two years now. Um, before that we just, yeah, we, we do a lot of things as a family. We like to go hiking. We'll go outside. We, uh, try to get as outside as much as we can when That's it's my, yeah, my kind of person. I like yes, outside. 100%. This is the other thing that I think that links, uh, links Greg to us so well is we have this, we have this outdoor vibe that we pick up on easily. And Greg, Greg is that guy. Uh, I'll just be honest with you though. Greg's, Greg's outdooring level is, uh, it's next, like next it's level. Next level. Uh, and this is, I just want to ask you about this cause this is, you can kind of, I don't know if this is a plug so much for it as just telling us, some of like the wilderness stuff that you have done, these, these like, just call it a hike is misleading. <laughs> it's just not. You can't call it a hike. I need cause... you to define it for me. Some of the, I mean, just some of that, the wilderness outdoor stuff that you have done is super, super cool. What is it and why do you do it? Oh, I love to explore. I think that's probably what the driving thing is just to say, okay, so God made this. How many eyes have been there and seen that? Uh, I, I want to take that in. I just, you know, there's some level of, of just being among the few who can get to a place and say, oh, I saw that with my own eyes. And then uh, some of it is, you know, you've just got that, I don't know, the John Eldridge-esque thing there of just saying, what's the adventure in this? What's the adventure in life? What's the adventure in ministry? What's the adventure in, uh, and so um, some of the wilderness stuff. So uh, this last summer, or I guess late fall, September, there was 10 of us who uh, it started off as, well, yeah, over the course of our eight, nine days out in uh, Grand Teton National Park, we hiked a little over 50 miles um, or, uh, you know, over those days. And I think our total elevation gain was, oh, somewhere around 7,000 feet. Um, That's decent. We had, yeah, a, yeah. <laughs> we had a fun bunch of fun. I mean, there's just stuff that, that happens in the woods that needs to stay in the woods. So I just <laughs> don't divulge too much of that. Don't I know it. Um, but uh, your guys are always welcome. <laughs> so <We're>, good. <laughs> yep. So next, good. Uh, next one will be uh, sometime next summer. I'll tell you all about it. And that's super awesome. exciting. Yeah. And uh, that, that's like I said, it's just there's, the, there's nothing like a good outdoorsman vibe. And when you, when, you're, when you find somebody, I mean, for myself and Andy, like ours has always been, we talk about it. Um, uh, just the Boundary Waters camping area and I've done some Quantico trips and mm -hmm. things like that. And, you know, until you've been there and done it and experienced those things, you just can't. It, right. Yeah. Like you can try to tell somebody like, oh, here's the thing. But really to get out in it is, is really, really significant. And uh, I've had, uh, you know, you talk about really being able to, uh, as far as our topic tonight, really being able to hear yourself think in a place those are the places. Yeah. You've got just, it's, it's impossible not to unplug when all of a sudden there's no such thing as cell phone reception. Yeah. Uh, 
you just get to look at the mountains or the the lake or wherever it is that you're by, you know, if you're by the river, by the lake, uh, in the mountains, in the fields, and just say, wow, it's quiet. Mm-hmm. What's really going on inside of me? Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, I, I've written a little bit about how we were exploring, some of us were exploring the wilderness of creation, but all of us had to explore some of the wilderness of our souls too. Ooh, that's and just say, oh, wow, there's, there's some space here that I haven't been in in a little while. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we do some backpacking where you just, you've got to carry everything with you. And if, but we try to build that into where it's a, in a relational experience too. To, so you and a, uh, your trail partner, uh, you're going to split up the uh, the tent, you're going to split up the stove, you're going to split up some of the food, you're going to split up all those things and say, we're going to do this together. And so uh, it's not an every man for himself, it's a we will all do this and we will all accomplish this together and it becomes this just, oh yeah, we did that. We, we've now climbed a mountain. <laughs> That's awesome. Are the, are the people that go on this thing with you, are, do y'all know each other well ahead of time? Nope. Do you nope. feel, I bet you know well at the each end, other well. Yeah, yes, you definitely. Yeah, when you spend time in the mountains with somebody, mm-hmm. suddenly you know them on a different level. That's right. That's uh, right. Yeah, yep. That's yeah, good. It's, it's all good. That's good. So, Greg, we've been talking a lot here recently. It keeps on coming up more and more, and I, I think it's it's something worth. Uh, I mean, that's why we have you on here because a, a lot of the work that you do involves coming up alongside of people and getting them into a place or helping them find a place where they can think more deeply about how they're think about how they're thinking, how about how they view themselves, how they view God, how they view others, um, and creating those, uh, sort of spaces. And, and I know in my own, like in my own coaching, that that is some of the most rewarding work that you can possibly do. But my goodness, is it hard work to do? And, you know, and, and Andy and I both have a heart for, obviously, we are the Dudes and Dads podcast. Mm-hmm. We're trying to invite men, uh, guys, and fathers into that conversation. Yeah. 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 And uh, so, also, Andy, I thought I would just check up. You've been, this book you've been reading. Yes. The, I'm going to, it's a gross shell book. Yes, it's the Winning the War in Your Mind. Winning the War in Your Mind. Uh, so, how, how is that book going, by the way? It's good. It's good. I, I have <laughs> Honestly, though, I'm going to tell you this. I have not read it since the last time I talked to you because I've been, well, no, that's not true. I read a little bit yesterday, yep. but I've been trying to just digest it a lot. Well, because so there's some practices. Been, there are practices yeah, that are in At the end of it. each chapter, there's some practices to do and go through and, and think about, you know, different things and trying to write these things down, like the lies versus the truths and mm-hmm. things like that. And and so I've been really digesting all of that. And yep. so it's not, it's taken me a lot longer to read it than I probably should. But well, or, or it's taking you the exact, the, amount. Yeah. the exact right. I mean, even reading like rare leadership, like the book that comes out of deeper walk, like I felt very much that same way, or I would, I would do through a section and then I would have to like evaluate my whole life through. <laughs> Just got to sit and soak, yeah, a soak it bit. in like the whole chapter. And I'm like, okay. Um, tell us about the work that you do with deeper, with deeper walk specifically, like how that fleshes itself out. Cause you, you have groups that are together. There's coaching and stuff like that. Give, right. um, cause I, I would love our listeners just to hear about that ministry as well. And just some of the practical things that you guys offer kind of on the ground. Uh, deeper walk is, I mean, so it's easy for me to, uh, to be an ambassador for this particular organization. Cause it's probably been the most influential in my actual discipleship and, and relating to God and relating to other people and having a space to feel like I belong in the church and in the kingdom. Uh, it, it was transformative to just really turn my, <laughs> my world inside out. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of what rare leadership talks about is, uh, specifically the difference between left brain, right brain. And so, uh, where you're operating out of as far as, uh, uh, not just thought patterns, but, uh, almost the things that happen faster than your thought patterns. So you're talking super conscious level and whether or not, uh, your identity is rooted in healthy and secure relationships primarily with God. And um, so, you know, with Deeper Walk, it's easy to say, okay, what's the mission for this organization? Well, the mission is the name. It's Deeper Walk. Mm. It's to have, it's to enjoy a deeper walk with God. And what are the things that, what are the obstacles that keep that from happening in our lives? Because if, if God says that's what he has created us to enjoy is to enjoy an intimacy with him, uh, an abundant life that's uh, walking with him through life, what are the things that keep that from happening? And so we have a few different resources that, uh, that break down some of that. Some of them have to do with the wounds that can happen, uh, because we live in a far, fallen world with fallen people and we get hurt occasionally, whether that's, uh, you know, 
uh, malicious intent of another person or simply being part of a, the battle that uh, is invisible but waging all around us um, or through our own you know, foolishness and, and in our sin or ignorance where we do things that uh, come back around and we say, oh man, that hurts. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Some of those things have to do with wounds. Uh, some of those things have to do with beliefs. Some of those things then have to do with uh, just relationships and whether or not we have a space of belonging within a, a people who are all identify as belonging to God. So yeah. uh, probably the introduction to me for a, you know, a, a theology of relationship actually goes back to our Bethel days where Dr. Gene Carpenter was just constantly talking about the people of God. And this was God's, this was God's desire to form a people where he would be their God and they would be his people. And I just thought that was just beautiful, but I hadn't heard very many sermons about it. Nope. <laughs> and <No>. um, <laughs> that uh, when I stumbled into this uh, organization and went, wow, you're you're talking about that like it's a real thing. You're talking about that like not just a theological biblical concept, but like we can become that kind of people and we can live as if that's true. Uh, It it became a transformative kind of uh, experience and encounter. So you mentioned right brain, left brain. And and I know in in some of the work that I've done and I, and I know that um, there within our circle and, and we'll just say kind of our circle is a, you know, tends to be maybe more conservative evangelical circle. It's a big, that's a big umbrella. But I know so many times when you start getting into any sort of brain science conversation, but then also is trying to say, no, but this is also a faith conversation. This is a Orthodox Christian faith conversation. Um, there, there's a little bit of a, uh, I mean, there can be a number of responses. Some can be like, listen, uh, you know, the science is secular. And so we need to keep, we need to keep the bad juju, uh, <laughs> you know, out of, out of, uh, Jesus following here. Um, and then there's the other, the other side too of, you know, there is the mysterious, there is the, the supernatural and the, and the beyond and, and, and not everything within the scientific realm can speak to that because it's not designed to speak to all of, all of those things. And so there can be some category confusion and all of that. Talk to me about in your work when you guys are think when you are thinking about the realities of how the mind works um what what truths are you bringing to the table in that in that converse in that conversation cuz i think it helps set the table for us to get real yeah. about you know like as you're doing your practices andy and you're reading through or whatever right. there, there's certain like mental processes that, that you, you have to be thinking yeah, about and going through and, yeah. and and walking through so how would you cuz i'm putting you on the spot to say Give, give me a, give me a neuro. We, we, I threw this word out on our show notes and, and Greg was like, what have you done? Uh, but the, kind of a neurotheology, an understanding of the mind and faith working together that we are a fully integrated being, um, contrary to this is the thing I've been, I've been getting really fancy on recently, you know, contrary to sort of, um, a Cartesian understanding of basically like we're a brain on a stick, you know, mm-hmm. like the, your mind and then all the, the words are all coming <laughs> real strong from you. Yeah, that's uh, I've been studying all day. Uh, lay out for us though, like where do you see, where do you see that the, the work of the mind, neuroscience, the sort of the science of it, but then also an integration of faith and like you said, and how God has made us and the fact that we are image bearers and, and, and all of that. Tell me. What, what's the balance? Oh, I think I think you just touched on it right there, but it's really it's not so different than uh, saying, okay, so we want to go out, we want to go out and explore, and we want to go out and say, okay, well, here's this mountain, and they've got these trees on it, and there's these flowers that grow on the mountain, and there's these waters that uh, that come out of the mountain. We're just taking it all in as a whole and saying, wow, that is just stunning. And then you get in there deeper, and you go further up, and you realize that oh, there's so much more happening here that I never, I can't see that from the road, I can't mm. see that from back there. And uh, that we're still exploring creation. And then all of a sudden you look at people and Genesis 1 says, okay, well, God has made us in his image. And there is something here that, that is, he says is good and beautiful and, and comes directly out of him, you know, as a, and not as some, we're not just by original design. We take after, we take after him. And so, well, there's something going on here that, that uh, is a reflection of who God is. And so actually then we find, you know, especially in the Hebrew, uh, you know, in Old Testament literature, you find all these questions and reflections on God's thoughts and, uh, you know, say like, well, 
Uh, especially when God says, like, wait a minute, you can't access my thoughts. You don't know what I'm saying or thinking about this. You know, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts and my ways are higher than your ways. Or, you know, when he's uh, having his dialogue with Job and uh, we suddenly are just like, wow, well, what if we investigated that too? Just to, with as much energy, Christians at least, what if we just investigated as with as much energy, investigated uh, how we're wired and the way that God has knit us together in our mother's wombs mm-hmm. and this, um, and didn't just think of it on a material level and the biological and saying like, oh yeah, well, here's this beautiful thing, the liver, and here's this beautiful thing, the, yeah, you know, yeah, the sure. heart, and we want to take and draw out these spiritual, as if those are metaphors for all spiritual truths and then go, but we're not going to touch the brain. That's yeah. this, mm-hmm. that's something that, oh yeah, well, it's just, there it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I just, I think that uh, we, we leave a lot to other people then to suggest, you know, definition for or inspiration to where, where we've got the best, we've got the Lord saying you're made in my image and this yeah. is part of that. Um, so our organization, so Deeper Walk has, takes a lot of its cues from, uh, from true neuroscientists or, or neurotheologians, and which is a very fun word to yeah, say. That's, <laughs> so great. that's so great. Uh, Dr. Jim Wilder out there and uh, he, he was a, a a peer and a, a friend of Dallas Willard um, or, and uh, he studied a lot with um, Dr. Alan Shore. Okay. Um, so guys who have done the digging on the, uh, on the neuroscience level to say, okay, this is how the brain is, this is how we're picking up on how the brain works. And this is what seems to make it fire and seems to make it uh, active because the reality is, is, you know, within the last 30 years is when, uh, when advances in this has been, has, has happened. Yeah. You can't get back into Cartesian days <laughs> yeah, yeah. and they'd have a clue, right? you know, because it's only been in the last few decades that you could even sure. do live imaging on a live person yeah. and realize, oh, this is what's happening in the brain when you talk about this thing or that thing, or when you respond and feel this emotion or that emotion. And, and beforehand, I mean, I mean, the early research in this area is, is super, it's super gnarly. Cause it's like, Mostly it's, it's work on cadavers and it's like literally, or trauma patients or trauma patients and then literally like poking their brain yeah. and see what, and see what happens where they're, oh, man. Yeah, again, uh, the ethics of this are all, are all problematic, but, but now, I mean, where we are, it, I think for us, you know, for, for myself, particularly who's, I mean, pretty invested in theological inquiry and study. I mean, this is a new department for mm-hmm. us. This is a this is a new area that we're able to go, man, taking ancient wisdom and bringing it into and surprise, surprise, the stuff holds up. Right. And that's the beautiful thing about yeah. it. Yeah. It's suddenly you're going people, you know, so uh, people are coming out of Stanford and UCLA and USC and these these West Coast, big, huge schools with these massive funding, you know, to, to investigate why does the brain do what it does? And they're saying, oh, uh, relationships. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, people and joy. And we're going like, wait, that sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like stuff we already knew. Wait, yeah. That, yeah. Like, wait, you can, you're talking about, uh, you know, your life can be tra- changed. You can literally see transformation happen to the most jacked up of people based on the relationships that you can introduce to their lives and whether or not you can help them feel a sense of belonging. And you go, well, I think that Paul says something about that, actually. It seems very familiar. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it seems like Paul wasn't just banking on, you pray this prayer and your life will get will turn around. It seems like a lot of Paul's letters and a lot of the way that the Holy Spirit worked through Paul to inform the early church was that they were, to one another, integral in his formative work in one another's lives. Mm-hmm. They weren't going to do that in a vacuum. They Beautiful. weren't going to see themselves transformed more towards Christ-likeness just living on their knees, uh, studying the word or living on their knees, uh, fasting or living on the, you know what I'm saying? Right. They yeah. needed the community they needed around community. them. Yeah. They were going to have to have relationships. Mm-hmm. Andy and I, I, this is, I think it's always interesting when you live out a truth, but then someone comes alongside and gives language, uh, to it, you know? Right. Yeah. I think, I think so much of, of our journey together and our, our families together, um, the, the fact that we have, how would I say inadvertently found God at a deeper level have, have experienced through, through community, through community yeah. where, where it's like, okay, like the community is doing what it does. And then you are like experientially coming into new realities where you're like, okay, 
okay, this community is operating this way. I'm experiencing, uh, you know, love, support, uh, a challenge, all of these sort of things through these people whom I have found a way to trust. But it's not even about the community so much as it more is it's like all that you I mean, you know, something is happening significant mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, and I am being shown the father like mm-hmm. there, there is something more uh, above and beyond there, like the X factor of all of it. And I think that's the like something is happening in our mind when that is happening, mm-hmm. but then also mm-hmm. beyond. Right. And so. I, I just love the idea that we can explore those those things. I mean, and, and my goodness, I just have to believe that well is very, very deep too. like the the places of exploration that are available to us. Greg, for somebody who is like, um, I mean, in your in your work, what are some of the big the big pillars that you frequently find? um maybe we just focus in on we can just say because you're you're doing for men and women and all of this but like if you can think to specific instances of like think about dudes think about guys who are have who have leadership in, in home and, and have kids and, and a wife and all of that what, what are you seeing what, what are the what are the challenges that uh that men are facing and 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 what have you seen has really been a key to um, to some freedom, to some walking forward in things? Uh, give us an insight on that. Oh, that's a that's a layered that's yeah. A, that's yeah. a, that's yeah, a layered sure. fruit. Um, so I think uh, one, you listed off a bunch of really phenomenal aspects of what it means to live in community. You mentioned uh, that there were people you trusted, that they were going to support you, that they were encouraging to you. Um, I think the the one that sticks out to me is that the idea that there's someone out there, a group out there, my people out there who will be tender towards my weakness to say, I'm, I'm willing to be vulnerable here, here because I, because I know to expect tenderness rather than condemnation or rather than, uh, a, 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 you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, this, uh, this sense of grace, which isn't just approval, which right. isn't just a, a sense of, oh, you'll get them next time, but an actual tenderness to say, hey, we've been there. We mm-hmm. know what it feels like to be immature and that we're not afraid of, of announcing or confessing immaturity is probably the best word to say, I know where I'm trying to go and it's down that road, but here today I was here or in this particular situation lately, I forgot myself. I forgot who I was. I forgot who we are and how it's like us to actually act and live this out. And uh, I stumbled into an old habit or did things uh, out of uh, out of a uh, uninformed space or a, an immature reaction. And that tells me that there's immaturity here that has not been uh, uh, tilled up and yeah. replanted mm-hmm. and shown uh, the shown the work of of the spirit in this space. So the idea of that there is people out there who are willing to be tender towards my weakness is very important. Um, and secondly, a huge skill I think is the best way to put it as far as like the brain science of it goes or the actual, you know, living out of things goes at the ability to quiet, um, that, uh, we live in a world yeah. of chaos, just constant chaos and disorder. It's, it's almost impossible to get to a quiet place in the society that we live now. You it just is. can't do it. Uh, and even spaces that are used to be reserved for quiet interaction, it's a, it's a, I, I might be announcing a pet peeve of mine, but mm-hmm. anymore when, uh, when, when my wife and I are going to have a date night, one of the first things that is important to me is that if we're choosing a restaurant, there's no such, there's no TVs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, That's a good, yeah. Yeah. Like, good one. Don't no screens anywhere. I don't, we, we're just constantly bombarded with other images and, and constant information that has to do with somebody else. Yeah. And I want to be able to focus on this person. Well, and just, I can barely even go to a library anymore. Even that, I mean, even those spaces, it's like the, the, the sacredness of, of quiet mm-hmm. in, in those spaces. I, it does, it feels like it's, it's waning away, waning yeah. away slowly. So, yeah. And that's yeah. meant our, it's important for our brains. It's important for our whole bodies, our, our, our life to have space for quieting. Um, but most of us don't actually have that skill. What we do is we just manage the chaos until we just collapse or pass out that sounds like a good (laughs) good good method right Yeah, not so much and so especially you know especially the more serious or the more uh um pressure you feel in your job especially if that has to do with leadership or pastoring or uh if you're you know managing other people 
the more mental pressure you feel there, uh, the even more important to have space of quiet, to just be still. And you find that in the Psalms then. Again, we're finding, what, what is it that David, who is the king of this nation, <laughs> yes, <laughs> what right. does he have to say? Oh, oh wait, he's, yeah. Wait, How do yeah. I calm my soul like a, like a child in his mother's arms? What? Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. And uh, so what we uh, think, I don't have the study right in front of me. So uh, somewhere, somewhere out there you can find uh, that greater than 70% of men in America live at, a, at an emotional or relational maturity level as that of an infant that simply just means we are waiting for other people to take care of our needs and that explains so much (laughs) (laughs) about myself really but explains so much (laughs) there's hope there's hope there's to to say how do we grow but to that point i mean we i say it all the time like nobody's going to take care of you like you can take care of you when it comes to entering into being intentional about about getting uh, finding health getting mm-hmm. getting health well, in these I, areas right? I, I think that you have to do that if because by nature we just kind of run and go and go and go and go and that's why you end up seeing people that the go you know and i don't want to say that we're crazy but i mean like yep. they're burning out because yes, burning they just out. yeah they're and burning they're, out and making and then and and searching for in, in all kinds of unhealthy ways Searching for that same something to yeah. to ground them or whatever. Andy, I think back. You and I have both uh, done marked men, for instance. Mm-hmm. These and and I think, I think to my I think to the group that I was with, and I, I know this is probably true for you. The number of um, men you go around the table, and and I gosh, I feel for them, and they're coming from a place of of real humility about this. But the number of affairs, for instance, mm-hmm. the number of the level of infidelity in their in their marriage, and it's like I'm hearing them say. It's I love I love my wife. I don't like, like a lot of them. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like it, they're like I just one day woke up and was like, how in the world did I get here? Mm-hmm. And it seems so much of the case of they kept going, going, going until something broke. And then you like come to one day and you're, you're like, like, what happened? Yeah. How did I get here? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody or something offered them uh, joy or peace. One yeah. of the two, mm-hmm. like yeah. a space for a space for joy or a space for rest. And suddenly we find, and so that's how, you know, a majority of affairs are with people who you spend your time with, you yeah. spend time with. And all of a sudden this space feels like it's less hurried, busy, urgent, uh, pressured than every other space in my life. I really like being here. And then you end up having these bonding moments. And then because our, again, seems like our, our, uh, culture doesn't have space for relationships that aren't heading towards, uh, certain certain outcomes especially if they're Mm -hmm. if they're uh intergender then it's like well the only culmination of every intergender relationship is to have is is, is sex right yeah Mm -hmm. is is a sexual one and so we're going like okay well that's how i've trained my myself to uh you know to to look upon intergender relationships and Again, that just comes back to an us and an identity thing of saying like, okay, who am I? How secure am I in who I am? I mean, who do I belong to? I think it's a uh, serious, uh, pretty profound. And I want to like put a pin in this one (laughs) that silence and solitude, the discipline that, that, that it is here to save you. Like Mm -hmm. it it is a, it is a rescue. It is not a, I I tend to in my early days and I'm still, and I gotta be honest with you guys. Like I just, I'm coming fresh off of my most recent meeting with my spiritual director. This was something that was uncovered in this meeting was, um, I'm, I'm at a place in life where I've really, I found myself where it's like, man, if I set 10 minutes aside, heck, even 10 minutes do an exercise of, of just of quiet or mm-hmm. whatever, the thoughts that come in, and this is where we're going to go next, but like the thoughts that come into my mind, I do not. And I realize oh. like I don't have control over my mind mm. a well, good, por- a good portion of the time. I think I do. And, I live in the lie that I do. And I think that's one of the things that, that from the exercise that I did in my book, is a exercise where you're journaling down your thoughts and you're just writing them down all day. And it was really surprising to me, like the stuff that was coming into my mind that wow. it either wasn't important or was just like too important in my mind. Like I just thought about it way too much. Yeah. Mm. Like right, like right side, like kind of right sizing things in a way. Mm. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> Greg, last time you and I had a really phenomenal discussion and, and it's just, it like sparked something really like primal and deep within me. And I've, I've just been really reflecting on it. I think we also live in this illusion 
that all of the thoughts that come into our mind are our thoughts. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get, we're going to say we get outside of the realm of traditional scientific inquiry and, and we go to a place of, um, w- there is a supernatural component to our thought life that it seems that, you know, early monastic tradition, these guys were going off into the desert to get control of their thoughts. And basically, many of them would say basically to fight the devil. Like this is, <laughs> no, like, this is how yeah. they were. They're like, I'm going off to the desert to fight the devil. I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back. M- <laughs> maybe. And then, and then communities formed out there. And then it became so attractive what they were doing, what that movement was doing. This is late third, early fourth, you know, into the fourth century. People got wind of it. They're like, uh, apparently these guys are going out and, you know, desert fathers and desert mothers. They're going out into the wilderness to fight the devil uh, in their mind. And uh, apparently they're having some victories out here. What is going on? How is how is this all happening? You and I had a conversation about even our own personal experiences of of instances and i if you i'd love for you to share the story if you want to this share the story that you did and i'm going to share my story real quick of a time when we were out of out of balance where there was there you know you, like you said there's leadership pressures there's home pressures there's pressure 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 and then we open ourselves up to a way of thinking that is like not us really mm. Give me an example of this, and then I just want to like unpack. I want to unpack this because I want when people hear this. First of all, they're going to be like, "Oh, like Greg and Joel think this way." Yes, we do, and you do too. <laughs> I'm don't, excited to hear this story. Don't, don't lie to yourself. <laughs> so it's really it's a simple story, but it gives a it, it gives a good. It's a perfect example, I think, of how the of how this happens, and then we can yeah. kind of unpack it. Yeah, I mean, so let me just. Uh, <laughs> try to preface a little yeah. bit. There is actually in the, uh, in the realm of neuroscience in the realm, I mean, in, in the realm of neuroscience void of separate from theology, separate from, uh, you know, the metaphysical or sorry, that's a better, that's the wrong term, but the theological, yep. there is a metaphysical realm to neuroscience to say, okay, well, there is something happening here that is invisible. That's not just electronic signals being passed between neurons around white matter and gray matter in this organ that sits in time your skull um there is such a thing called mutual mind there's such a thing as to say can you when you walk into a room and you see a group of people who all yell happy birthday and they have smiles on their face you can assume doesn't even have to be assuming like you look for the face and you can say i know what you're thinking yeah like there is such a thing as this mutual mind to be able to go we can share thoughts uh with one another without using words and people can know things without having been told Mm-hmm. And, uh, we just sometimes think that that has to apply only to people, uh, around us or in the room where, I mean, we see Jesus do this with, uh, with Peter in uh, Matthew 16. So in Matthew 16, you have Jesus ask a question. You have the disciples answer. So the question is, who do people say I am? Yeah. And the, the disciples answer. And then all of a sudden, Peter is like, you're the Messiah. You're the, you're the Christ. You're the son of God. And Jesus says, that's not your own thought. Mm-hmm. That, came, that thought came from my father. And he's like, I get the impression that he was elated at this, that yeah. Peter had, had opened something himself else. to yeah. that. Yes, that, yeah. there was, that Peter was willing to, to confess with his mouth something that the Lord was speaking to him. Uh, now, if you want to say he was speaking to him in the fabric of his being, or if he was speaking to him, you know, but somehow that got translated into words that came out of Peter's mouth and Jesus says blessed are you that came from that came from my father now two verses later we see the thoughts that come out of Peter's flesh then where he says uh no you you will surely not die you can't talk about things this way and Jesus says get behind me satan <laughs> like, mm, come on now yeah. so talk about a war being it. a war being waged within Within the person of yeah, Peter. So now you have Peter who's here representing both God's thoughts and <laughs> Satan's thoughts within the span of two verses. And you're going, well, I've been there before. 100%. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> yep, yep. How do I get myself to be more in tune with God's thoughts? And well, all of a sudden you realize that maybe, maybe being able to pick up on another person's thoughts has to do with the intimacy you feel with that person, you know? Yeah. So you and your wife are sitting in the same room and she gives you a look. And you know exactly what And you know what yeah. that look means. Because you have, there's familiarity here. There's time. There's, mm. there's experience. I know what you're thinking. You didn't tell me anything, yep. but I know what you're thinking. Why can't we, why can't things be that way with, with the Lord? Um, 
in fact, actually, I, I think that that's what it means to to walk in the spirit. That's what it means to follow after him as as a, as disciples to say we are familiar with the ways of the master. We're familiar with the rabbi himself, not just we're familiar with what he said in his inform in his information and the teaching, but we're familiar with his way of life. Yeah. And we're familiar with what it sounds like to hear his voice, which is what he says in uh, in the upper room discourse in John mm-hmm. 15. It's like you're going to I'm going to give you the counselor. He's the one who's going to give you my words and you're going to recognize them. Then uh, Paul later in the uh, in the Corinthian letter, he wants to talk about what it means to walk in the wisdom of God. And uh, we have this very strange verse, and I wrote it down just so that I wouldn't mess it up. He says, literally, we have the mind of Christ. <laughs> just go, what is that supposed to mean? Right, uh, I don't feel yeah. like I have the mind of Christ right. most of the time. I feel like I have my own mind. Yep. But somehow, what it means to have been born again into the life of Jesus into the eternal life of Christ to be a part of God's family means that we are bound to him by virtue of being, you know, of having the spirit indwell us and that we share and have the mind of Christ. Yeah. So how do we listen to that mind more than our own mind? Yeah. How do we train that? Well, it turns out you can actually do that. Yeah. Turns out the more you talk with someone and share experience with them and build a relationship with them, the more you share their mind and that can actually achieve this thing called a mutual mind state, which is where your thoughts and their thoughts, you're riding the same wave mm-hmm. and uh, you're going in the same place. And all, why, why, why don't we focus on that? Um, and the reality is, is as a pastor, I spent a lot of time thinking that the best thing that I can do for people is give them truth to replace the lies in their life with, but the truth isn't transformative. It will set you free but it's relationship, it's attachment that actually transforms our character. Well, and I think too, just like with your wife, how you know you're riding that same wave, and you can tell when something's off. I think that you can tell oh, the, same, yeah. the same thing with God too. You're like you can tell when your relationship with God is off because you're not in that same like yes wavelength brain. Yeah, one hundred percent. So when you are out there adrift, so to speak, you feel uh, oh out of sync is probably the best way to say it. That's when we are most prone to any other voice that comes a knocking. Yeah. And yeah. that's when we suddenly are, are, this is the story that Joel was alluding to, or suddenly we're sitting at the table with your family and you know, it, it, it doesn't even necessarily have to be that you're entirely consumed by some problem and you're just giving that focus. It's just the sense of being in chaos of the sense of, of not knowing which direction to go, which direction to look. Uh, because so are our, our minds, ourselves, we're meant to be uh, a whole brained kind of person. And we do have the ability to focus that comes out of the left side. This left side of our brain is really good at problem solving and focusing on something and saying, aha, this mm-hmm. is what I'm doing. So uh, the idea of like, so if you want to put together a puzzle, you're, you're doing a left brain activity where we're analyzing pieces. We're analyzing. <laughs> don't ask me. Uh, I'm the colorblind guy, so I don't get invited <laughs> to too many puzzle parties. Yeah, gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you're doing this left brain thing of saying like, okay, we're putting together the puzzle. We're trying to find pieces. We're doing some logic and critical thinking. Hey, is this, uh, does this piece have knobs all around it or is there a flatness? Okay. We're fat pieces. We're going to put over here. Oh, this one has two flat pieces. That means it's a corner. We need to really pay attention to that one. If you do that with somebody else and all of a sudden you start talking, you're engaging both sides of your brain now. You're doing this logical verbal thing where you're talking to them and you're focusing on this problem that needs to be done, but you're interacting around that task. Guess how much faster you end up thinking about and making connections between the pieces mm-hmm. when you're doing that, when you're doing that with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Fascinating study there. Amazing. So what ends up happening is our brains just starts getting out of sync because I'm not attached to anyone at the time. Uh, I'm, I, I feel alone at this table. I'm surrounded by my family. I'm here, but I feel alone. And scripture says that's not good. Mm-mm. It's not good for us to be alone. Now what we have is an ever present counselor. We have someone who promised I will always be with you and I'll never forsake you. But uh, I felt alone. I was, you know, definitely just in the midst of chaos, not focusing on any particular problem. Uh, just going through the motions of the day, passing one plate to another child or, or uh, scooping something onto this. And I, I recall it very vividly that I just heard in my being, they would be better off without you. And I stopped immediately, mm. just stopped and put the spoon down. Went, what was that? Mm. What? That's not, 
that's mm. not welcome here. What, yeah, is, yeah. you know, what was that? And it suddenly woke me up is to say like, oh, there's, there's something wrong. <laughs> like, yeah. not that, okay, I've opened the door to satanic attack in my life right now. Like, but just to say like, I'm out of, you know, I'm out of sync that that's, that's not of God. Right. Scripture says that I'm to take every thought captive. So here we're going to take this thought captive and we're going to say, how do I hold this up to the, uh, to the truth of Christ? And to say, is this true? <laughs> this is absolutely not true. Yeah. They would not be better off mm-hmm. without you. This is a lie straight yeah. from the devil. Yeah. Um, and I think the way that the devil works sometimes or the way that the en- are, you know, the enemy works is just sometimes throwing stuff out there to see what sticks. Cause I think we give him way too much credit. Sure. He's not, yeah. he's not omnipotent in the way that God is. He doesn't know us the way that God does, but he can observe. And this is the thing he can observe behaviors, mm-hmm. right? He, uh, like, Oh man, Greg's been super stressed out this week. He's had all this stuff thrown at him. And I know that maybe if I can uh, throw this thing this out, thing, at him. We'll, just, we'll see what happens. Cause mm-hmm. it's uh perfect, perfect timing. Here we, here we go. And, yeah. and the rest fleshes itself out. Um, and you know, and I would have, a, this has been a couple of years ago, well, going on a couple of years ago, in the midst of when, like, when the whole COVID situation, I think it was like probably, well, it would have been the beginning of 2020 when we were sheltering in place and my wife and I are sharing a, a one of, <laughs> co-working, a, a space, co-working space. We, we had the smallest room in our, I think it was like the smallest room in our house, like, the, the, the way it ended up being. We put our two desks in there and we moved our kids around to different places and we're trying to do work and it's like, da, da, da. And, but in the midst of that too, like in our, in our, in our stress and our anxiety or whatever, I just remember there being a time, you know, behavioral stuff with our kids and like Mm -hmm. they're antsy and I get it and all that. And I just remember having a, a pretty significant time of conflict with, with Jackie. And I remember at one point in one, in in some day, and I, again, it just, it's, I don't remember the details, but what I do remember is the thought that came into my mind was in reference to my relationship with my wife. It's just not working out mm-hmm. like like mm-hmm. that coming into my mind and the same thing and mm-hmm. in, 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 instantly I'm like it catches you off. I'm guard. like that yeah. is what is that? What is that? What yeah. is that? You know and now praise the Lord. I think by power of the Holy Spirit by uh, the, the knowing of the truth you're able to take that in that moment take it captive grab onto it and say not of yeah not of the lord i'm going to bring this to him and mm-hmm. and drop it off with him and mm-hmm. not not hold on to it myself i think of that reality I consider myself incredibly just blessed and and so grateful for that 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 is the case at the same time how many of our brothers how many are not having that experience Ooh. you it know it feels true yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those things come at us in the right time at the right place. The enemy has drawn the correct arrow for that time and situation. And it feels true. It feels like, yeah, like he knows exactly when to say those things. To Yeah. Especially recurring lies mm-hmm. that have to do with identity. And if our identity is wrapped up in any kind of performance. So it could be, uh, you know, the so and which is what happens. So in our culture and society, we have a we have a, a masculine identity that is often propped up based on your ability to solve particular problems, which is inherently a performance model identity. We say, OK, your expertise level, how complex are the problems you know how to solve, mm-hmm. whether those are a mathematical or electrical engineering or in our area, you know, it could be specific kinds of of welding and mat- handling of materials or just managing of people. Uh, how complex are they? What level of expertise do you need to be? Do you have advanced degrees? Have you been in, have you been educated to the mm-hmm. level of being able to solve problems? Uh, and once, once our performance to those uh, things ends up faltering here or there, oh boy, that, those lies come fast and they yeah. come hard and they feel really true because we've wrapped our identity up in those things. Yeah. yeah. Instead of this identity being shaped by relationships of who are my people how is it like us to uh, to handle this situation or that situation or to say, where do I belong? Mm. Which is, uh, I think that's what is so fascinating to be about how Jesus talks to the disciples so much is affirming their identity as his and affirming their identity as belonging to the father now and how Paul is just so, oh, and Peter and, and they're just, they're so intent on letting make and on making sure the church knows that they are, they are God's people. They yeah. belong to him. They are, he is their father. Uh, they are his adopted children. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people by God's mercy. I mean, that's just, 
where they in- expected our identity to truly fall, not into this, how good at you are preaching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how good at you, uh, how good are you at, uh, at understanding, you know, language or, or playing this instrument. And there's something to be said for skills, but it's not where identity yeah. comes in. Right. Well, and the, I think the big, a lot of the sphere uh, that we can operate in is, you know, I'm always looking like a leader when I'm developing a leader, right? When I'm inviting a leader to be on our team or whatever, the two spheres of character and, and competency have, have equal play at the table. A lot of organizations or places will say high competency. We give two, two rips about your character because as long as you can perform, mm-hmm. get their desired result, you get what, the job, job done, done. Right. You, get there the, it is. Yeah. you get the job done. Right. And okay, have you have have you done this job? Uh, the question is not have you done this job with grounded in certain moral ethical uh, you know restraints? Have you done this job while honoring people in the process of it? Um, and and so if if competency is the high is the high value, and that's that's the only value, boy. Um, it's a dangerous person that you begin to form that begins to form when it's low character, high competency, given increased responsibility and in a, in a ongoing and also a large uh, horizon of people to then impose your, uh, you know, competency. Well, you're growing upon. a predator. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's the word. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. are growing a predator. Th- that this, is, that's true. This conversation was really, really super Great. I really enjoyed it. I'd be interested to hear what our listeners have to think. So if, if they want to yeah. give us a call, our voicemail is 574-213-8702. Again, that's just a voicemail number, but 574-213-8702. Or they can email feedback at dudes and dads podcast. That's just an email. So don't yeah, just shoot us an yeah. email. This is, uh, we're, I think we're probably going to continue to come back to in, in some way or another, this theme, because it's like, like, only Greg can do. He has just like unwrapped the gift in front of us. And now I, there's I so know, much good. There's stuff so right much, here. so much goodness. Um, really friends, what, what we're, what we're saying is, is that there's way more to you than you might want to give, give yourself credit for. Uh, you are mm-hmm. mind, body, spirit, soul. You're a thinking person, but you're also a living person. A, 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 you have a, a community that is around you that's impacting you for one way or the other. You have a family or all, friendships and all those those dynamics. Um, so much of who we are is rooted in these things. We tend to we tend to think that we're just brains on a stick and that we're operating in kind of this this solo mode. Uh, but Greg, as you've shared with us, there there's community is everything. It is it is such a, an important role. Um, and that's why, you know, we've said it even as part oh, of the show, yeah. the part of the show is we want to develop community, building that community. Yeah. With men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's our goal. And we hope, uh, we hope this conversation is maybe just kind of, uh, scratch the surface a little bit. So Greg, thanks for yeah, hanging thanks. out with us, man. Oh, this has been a true delight. It's a, de- <laughs> yeah. a delight. He said that though, before the next segment of. Now it's time for Dudes and Dads Pop Quiz. Oh, here he's going to get real. (laughs) So those of you who have not ever joined us, we just riddle Greg with questions that come out of this deck here. We just pull a deck out and it's got cards and we expect him to answer right away. Yeah, I think in the show notes I put on here because I know Greg would see these (laughs) questions that will make Greg question whether or not (laughs) he should ever have whether he should have considered coming on the show in the first place. So. Uh, All right, I'll go. Okay, I'll, here we I'll go. go ahead and start. Okay, so uh, which living person do you most admire? Living person. Oh man, admire. Gosh, I we could, stumped him already. Yeah, I, 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 I know so many wonderful, fantastic <laughs> people, uh, and I've read uh, many others as well. So, a uh, living person. Man, you have stumped me. Uh, can I say, can I just say my wife? Absolutely. Good, good. Yeah. yeah, you absolutely can. Uh, she does a lot. She does. I mean, it's, it's, it's truly admirable. Everything that she keeps in, in motion. That's, yeah, that's the appropriate answer. <laughs> that is the, that is the right answer. Yes. Okay. Uh, my question, when you think about success, Ooh, this kind of ties in. What we're just saying here, when you think about success, who comes to mind and why? 
Again, I know great people. Um, I'm going to give a, a quick, you know, as much of a shout out as you can, I guess, to, uh, to John Eldridge, who even in the midst of having a following and having a, an international reach seems to have truly can, you know, maintained being able to keep himself. Um, you hear about lots of, uh, you know, pastors and celebrity people who just ultimately end up falling. If there was one person who something like notorious or infamous were to be said about, and it was termed out to be true and about John Eldridge, it would be devastating to me. It'd be yeah. one of those mm. like, wait, what? How yeah. is that? That can't be. Yeah. Um, everybody else have been, been like, yeah, I makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What character is, no, sorry. I can't read. What do you consider the most overrated virtue? Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. We, these are not, these are not wow. light. I told you to make it reconsider <laughs> coming on this show. Not lightweight questions. Overrated virtue. What, I, is there, is there a list? <laughs> I guess if I can't even name them, does that mean Just that they're all a, they're overrated? All, come up with a virtue. I don't know. Yeah. Watch me say chastity. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. All right, we'll go with that. <laughs> Perfect. It's the only one that comes to mind. It's overrated. Mm. <laughs> oh, patience is a virtue. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, Greg, what is your? Uh, and we're, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to do a little caveats here. Uh, possibly, what is your most treasured possession? Hmm. So thinking like, okay, there's a fire, there's a catastrophe, you grab the, you know, sure. just magically sure. as yeah. one thing is in your hand. Yeah. I have a Bible that was, you know, it's been handed down from, mm. uh, you know, many different pastors and people over, uh, over a little, some time that, um, I don't think that could, that's just irreplaceable. Awesome. Yeah. All right. My last question is what do you value most in your friends? Beards. <laughs> beards is a good beards is a so good you weren't answer. friends for a little while after you shaved yeah, then yeah. oh i was shocked i think i oh it was terrible it was, it was terrible <laughs> got a text of condolence yeah should you i mean can you just say faith yeah like, yeah uh, these, these are your questions yeah so you, you I, answer however yeah, you answer, want i would say that i'd say you know i uh you know, point me back to, you know, faith, you know, so speaking in terms of a, of a, of encapsulated thing. So faith in Jesus, faith in Christ, like I value that the most. You point me to him. We can be, mm -hmm. we can be really good friends. Perfect. Uh, and finally, my final question, who would play you in a movie? Jack Black. <laughs> oh yeah. Good answer. Gosh. And I love the fact that that was the thing that came to him. There quickest. was, there was like, no, oh, it's been about that. <laughs> it was just like. Jack Black. Like you didn't even finish the question. Jack Black makes it, it makes <laughs> it makes a lot of sense to me. And I also should say, uh, I get I get I've gotten I've personally have gotten Jack Black before, but also uh, Seth Rogen comes pretty. I've been told that I look like him, mm -hmm. and I don't see it. But interesting. Last time we were at winter camp, with like, oh, yeah. some the other youth group came up and told me, and I was like, Yeah, that. I don't yeah. think so. I don't know what that's all. About. I don't know what that's all about. It was do, weird. Do I do, do I look like I smoke weed? I don't know. <laughs> what is that? What am I giving you a real stoner vibe? Is that what's Cowley? So I, apparently I'm failing at something. Well, uh, Andy, we've done another episode and it's been this, this has been this has been solid. We I feel like I don't want to pat us on the back too. I, I want to be humble. I do want to be humble. But these episodes, I have just thoroughly continued to enjoy them, and it reminds me why I am willing to lock myself up in this office with you in the studio on a Sunday night, because it's worth it. In the rain. In the rain. In the rain. Well, Greg, we, we thank you for coming out and hanging out with us tonight. It's been a lot of fun. So thanks, thanks for coming out. Been super glad to be here. Really awesome. do appreciate you guys are doing great work. Oh, um, thanks, thanks, Greg. Yeah, glad, glad to be here. Oh, so good. Well, hey, as always, guys, you can hit us up over at Dudes and Dads Podcast at gmail.com or dudesanddadspodcast.com. 
all the show goodies. Uh, we're going to have lots of, in the show notes, lots of info about Greg, Deeper Walk, all the resources that we've talked about. So check that out. A photo out. with him and Jack Black together. Yes. <laughs> uh, side by side. The, the similarities are striking. Uh, let's see, Andy. And um, I guess uh, make sure you like us, you share us, all the good content. Get us out into the get us out into the wild, if Absolutely. you will. Absolutely. Okay. Well, hey guys, thanks for tuning in, and until next time, grace and peace. Like what we do? Share this on your socials and tell everyone.